Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to talk mostly about Shanghai. This tournament, I was excited about before the tournament. You could hear me last week talking about it. It's a Masters 1000. It comes after the U.S. Open. It gives players a little bit of time to relax and do other things they want to do, whether that be play more tennis or, you know, get off their feet for a little bit. You see some players take a break, especially with the Laver Cup. A lot of the big names didn't play in it. But then when you go back to Shanghai, this Masters 1000, there's a lot of names in it. And a lot of really, really good players. So it's kind of like a coming back to, you know, tennis for a lot of guys before the end of the season. They got this, then they got the uh, Rolex Paris Masters. So you got two Masters 1000 tournaments and obviously Davis Cup in the year-end finals. But it's kind of the last push of the season here as there's about a month maybe and some change left. So not a lot of season left for these players. But Shanghai always has a good turnout. It's always a good tournament. And I think... For the most part, players enjoy going to it, or I mean, or else they wouldn't go to it. But I think players enjoy this tournament because uh, it you're just immersed in a different culture. Um, you know, Chinese culture. A lot of players don't get over there a whole lot because so many tournaments are in Europe, in the United States. Obviously, the Australian Open swing. So after the U.S. Open, it seems like a good place for some of these guys to go to get some uh, tennis in, especially with a lot of points on the line. It being a Masters 1000. Let's get right into it. I mentioned there were a lot of good players in this tournament. Listen to who is in this tournament. Top seed, Carlos Alcaraz. You know, one of the best players in the world. He's had an incredible year. Then you go Daniil Medvedev, Holger Runa, uh, Stefano Tsitsipas, Andre Rublev, Yannick Sinner, Taylor Fritz, Kasper Ruud, Zverev, Tiafo, Damon Uwer, Paul, Hachinov, FAA, Nori, Hercoc. Hercoc is a 16 seed. I mean, there's names and dudes in this tournament, and... It didn't disappoint this year. Let's get into the draw and kind of what happened here. Carlos Alcaraz, a good showing until the round of 16. He gets beat by Grigor Dimitrov. A surprising win for Grigor for me, but Grigor's been playing well the second half of this season, and he's had some pretty big wins. He's had some deep runs into some of these tournaments, and so it, it's not really shocking to me that he plays this well. Right, He's the 18th seed in this tournament. He beats Carlos Alcaraz. It is shocking to me that Alcaraz would lose a match like this. It really is. However, Alcaraz has had a long year. You know how, how, many, how much does this really matter to him? I'm sure it matters a lot, but also his eyes might be on Turin at this point. He's just trying to get some matches in before Turin. His eyes might be somewhere else. Who knows? But Grigor Dimitrov, a big win over Carlos Alcaraz. Grigor... In this tournament, go, he beats Hachinov, then he beats Carlos Alcaraz, and then he beats Nicholas Jerry. Um, and then he loses in the semifinals to Andre Rublev. Rublev, fantastic tournament here. Rublev goes through some dudes as well to get to this point. He has to go through Manorino. He has to go through Tommy Paul. And then he has to go through Ugo Humbert. And then he's got to go through Dimitrov to make it into the finals here in Shanghai. An incredible win, an incredible tournament, really, for Andre Rublev. I'll get into you know, more about his tournament here in a little bit. I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, but he has 20 wins on hard 
court for Andre Rublev in 2023. So he's he's a great hard court player. He plays a very physical game. Uh, he drills his forehands, consistent on the backhand. Uh, sometimes he just can't get over the hump, but he's had a pretty successful year and a big milestone, at least 20 matches on hard court in the same season winning um, for the fifth consecutive year, this says. Wow, it's pretty impressive. All right, let's keep moving down the tournament list here. Uh, Rublev, great tournament, obviously makes it to the finals there. Stefano Tsitsipas loses in the third round to Hugo Humbert. Now, Humbert, I think some people say. Uh, not a great tournament for him. J.J. Wolf, though, uh, you know, winning a few matches. Beats Cam Norrie, which is a huge win. Beat Matteo Arnaldi, which is a big win. Loses to Humbert. Humbert, great tournament here. Um He's kind of a hit or miss. 32 seed in this tournament. Sometimes he plays really, really well. Other times he doesn't. And I know you can say that about a lot of people um, and in these tournaments, but sometimes I feel like he drops out early. Other times um, his name just continues to go in these brackets and he plays really well. But I think it's a good it's a good sign for the tour when he's playing well. Let's keep moving down. Uh, Hubie Hercotch, fantastic tournament. Uh, Hubie Hercotch makes it all the way to the final here. He beats... You know, Tanasi Kakanakis, but then he doesn't really have a lot of challenges in this tournament. Uh, he has to beat, you know, Merrillson, I believe that is. He has because Merrillson beats Casper Rude. So Hercotch seemed to play a lot of guys that beat big name guys, right? So he got to that point until he got into the semifinal where he had to play. Sebastian Corda. Sebastian Corda is the name that people I think are going to remember coming out of this tournament. He makes it all the way to the semifinals. He beats Ben Shelton. This is a big win for Sebi Corda. Sebi Corda, another one of those guys where he's he's been on tour for a little bit now, and his consistency isn't necessarily there. Like he he's up, he's down. Sometimes he can make a run, but like you, I don't know if you can ever really count on Sebastian Corda. To you know, if you were putting money on a tournament, I'm I'm not so, quite sure I'm putting it on Sebi Corda. However, if you do put it on Sebi Corda, it's not necessarily a bad bet because he can surprise anybody any given day. Here he beats Medvedev, huge win over Medvedev in straight sets. Then he goes on to beat Francisco Serendolo, and then he goes on to beat Ben Shelton. He beat Shelton in a third set tiebreaker to make it to the semifinals. This by Sebi Corda is incredible. It's the first Masters 1000 semifinal for Sebastian Corda, and he made this tournament count. It's good to see him playing really, really well. He's an American. I think when you look at the people that are American tennis players, I think a lot of times people forget about Sebastian Corda. You look at Ben Shelton because he's got the name. He's got, you know, the image, right? Everybody knows who Ben Shelton is if you follow American tennis. Then you have Tommy Paul. You have Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafoe. Uh, Chris Eubanks has made, you know, a resurgence recently. So, like, there's these names. And I think a lot of people forget about Sebastian Corda probably because of his inconsistency, I would say, and some of these other players are a bit more consistent. However, Corda is a threat on the tour, I believe, right? Like, he's having a better year than a lot of guys, and any given day, he can do any given thing. However, his consistency just hasn't necessarily been there for me this year to put a lot, a lot of trust in him. But he does make some runs like this. I mean, this is a Masters 1000 tournament, and he beats Daniil Medvedev on hard court. You don't see that happen very often. He's an American in this tournament with a lot of other Americans. And he makes it all the way to the semifinal. He ends up losing to Hubie Hercotch, who wins the whole thing. But Sebastian Corda, first Masters 1000 uh, semifinal. 
he's someone I would like to really see have a really, really good 2024. He's only 23 years old. He's only been pro for like five years. However, five years at 23 is 18 years old. You know, he's been pro for a long time. I'm ready for that consistency to come out of Sebastian Corda. I think he's capable of it. I think he can do it. I've seen him play. He's got a good game. He's got a good camp. I mean, his dad played pro tennis. His sisters are pro golfers. Like, it's a professional athlete family. He knows what he's doing. He's really good. He's fun to watch. He can do it. I would just like to see a little bit more consistency out of him. And I think maybe in the next coming year, that can happen. He's somebody that I believe can win titles on this tour, especially as an American and kind of bringing American tennis back into the limelight as some of the other players from America have done. Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo, uh, Taylor Fritz, Ben Shelton, bringing a lot of excitement right now. Um, he's only won one tournament, and it was a clay court tournament in 2021. He can get back there. He can. I think he can. He has the game too. He just needs the consistency, which I believe he can do. Making it to a Masters 1000 semifinal only can help in my eyes, right? Confidence-wise, you can play deep in a tournament, especially the dudes he had to beat to get to that point. I'm going to get off my Sebastian Corda rant here and get to the final. Hubie Hercotch, what a tournament, huh? Incredible tournament by Hubie Hercotch. He wins this tournament, and this is his first ever, sorry, his second ever Masters 1000 tournament. Hubie Hercotch ranked number 11 in the world. He's making kind of a final push to the race to turn. I don't know if he's too far out of the race to even, you know, make it, but he's ranked 11 in the world right now. Uh, His other Masters 1000 win was Miami in 2021. With this win, he now has seven career titles on the ATP Tour. Hercotch is one of those dudes where it's like you watch him and you go, how where are your losses coming from? And a lot of times he gets like close losses, right? Where it's like, oh, you 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 didn't necessarily necessarily have to lose that match. Like I didn't see that loss coming, right? But Hercotch somehow um, loses some matches, but he's such a weapon on tour. Like he he's six foot five, like he's massive. He's twenty six. He's got the brain to do it. He's got the skills to do it. He's very likable on tour, and he's got great strokes, massive serve. Everything's good. Um, it's awesome to see him win tournaments because I believe he can consistently win tournaments. I think he can get in that top 10 and stay in that top 10 for a while just because of the caliber of player that he is. And it's cool to see him win this one in Shanghai. Even though he beats Andre Rublev, and you know how I feel about Andre Rublev, sometimes he just can't get over that hump. But it's so good to see Rublev playing well. Um, he looked devastated at the end of this match. I watched a little bit of it, especially the ending. Uh, just devastated. He works so hard to win this match doesn't win this match, gets second place, and he just looks broken down. When Rublev loses big matches, he looks like, you know, someone just killed his dog. He puts everything into this, which is why he has so many fans around the world and a lot of people like watching him play. I get it. I love watching Rublev play as well. Um, I do like when Rublev wins tournaments, but Hubie Hercotch, great win in Shanghai. Gets another Masters 1000 win, and we move on as another Masters 1000 is right around the corner. What's next on tour? Uh, Tokyo. There's a tournament in Tokyo, ATP 500. That is happening this week. And then the BNP Paribas Nordic Open in Stockholm. Then they go to Belgium. And then they go to Vienna. And then they go to Switzerland. And then they go to Paris. The Rolex Paris Masters is the big tournament in this month. That happens on the 30th of October. That's about a week tournament. Um, And then 11 days is the Rolex Shanghai Masters. Now, this is what... 
uh, Hubie Hercotch had to say about two-week tournaments that are Masters 1000 tournaments. This is his quote. He says, uh, let me find it. Here he says, he says, talking to other players, I think we don't really need the days off in between the events. We enjoy the 54 format. Uh, I think that that was good for us. Um, this is on the two-week Masters 1000 events. He says, if you do well, this format is good, but it's a little bit more challenging if you don't do that well because with the traveling and the timing in between the tournaments, it's just longer, right? So like, if you do well, you last later in the tournament. You can travel and then go go to another tournament. But if it's a two-week Masters 1000 tournament, that means that another, what I believe he's saying here is like, there's not another tournament for like two weeks or like a week. if you lose in the first two rounds, then you have like a week and some change off. So then you travel to another place and you sit there for a whole week. Instead of it being a one-week Masters 1000 tournaments, you don't have any days off between matches, which he says if it's a two out, two out of three set, you don't necessarily need that. And then when you lose, you only have until the rest of that week before you start another tournament. So if you lose early, it sucks because you got to wait forever. However, if you win it, it doesn't matter because you're because you're you know your weight is the same amount. So I get what he's saying. Um, you know these players are not even close to home, so there a lot of these guys are just going to the tournament just chilling. So the Paris Ma the Paris Rolex Masters is not like that. That is about a week tournament that'll happen. Uh, 50, 56 guys. In that tournament, I believe it looks like, which is a normal tournament for a lot of Masters 1000s that goes on. So this is kind of what we want to talk about on the podcast today. It was a quick, you know, rundown of what happened in Shanghai. I wanted to get to what was what we're looking forward. Another thing uh, in some news, I guess that we can chat about is it looks like Gabine Muguruza is. I don't want to say retiring, but it doesn't look like she's coming back anytime soon. This is quote from Relevant Tennis on Twitter says, As of today, I have no intention of returning to competition. My plan right now is to sleep, rest, be with my loved ones, and recover lost time. I don't see I don't see beyond what I'm doing today, tomorrow, and this week. Tennis doesn't have a place in my routine. I still follow my colleagues. Occasionally I can play, but not intensive not intensively. Uh, more for fun. It doesn't occupy my mind, my day. Um, she was really, really good to watch, Gabby Muguruza, and it looks like she's just, you know, wants to make some, make up some lost time now and hang out with her friends and family. So, to each their own. She was awesome to watch. She was fun to watch. Um, the tour is just not the same without her on it because she brought a level of competition that was uh, always entertaining and fun to watch. So, I appreciate you listening to this this episode. Um, what do we got next week? A little bit more news, maybe we'll talk about some other things. Sorry, I'm still trying to get used to this new schedule with work. So. These podcasts are coming out on a little different days, and I'm trying to, you know, see what storylines go where and what's going on with the tennis world. So we'll get back into it. Um, I apologize for, you know, it kind of being a little jumpy the last few weeks because we started it up again, and it's been on a few different days. But thanks for rocking with me. I want to talk Shanghai. Rolex will be here before I know it. The Race to Turn will be here. Hopefully get an update next week on that. But uh, I appreciate you rocking with me here on Believe in the ATB Tour. That's going to be it for today. I say this every time, and I've said it a lot today already, but I appreciate y'all listening. It means the world that you guys care about tennis and you want to listen to this podcast while caring about tennis. So thank you. I'll see you next week, and we'll get back into a nice little routine here. Adios. Thank you. 
for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.